Good evening, Quarantine America. Welcome to Mayor Steps Live with Dr. Wyatt Fisher, where the goal is establishing a long-lasting, happy relationship, and following my six Mayor Steps is a path to help get you there. The six steps are establishing a covenant foundation, owning your brokenness, learning to share power, uh, develop, <laughs> learning to share power, uh, developing emotional attachment, cultivating sexual fireworks, and staying in love. If you have questions on what I covered tonight or comments, be sure to put them in the comment section, and I'll cover it at the end of the program. Okay, so to start off with our marriage joke of the night, uh, the first one of the night says, my wife told me she needs more space. I said no problem and locked her out of the house. There's number one. Marriage joke number two for the night. A robber gets a robber robs a bank, gets all the money, and is about to leave. But before that, he asks a customer lying on the floor, Have you seen my have you seen me rob this bank? Yes, sir, says the customer, and gets promptly shot. Have you seen me rob this bank? The robber asks another customer. Absolutely not, sir, but my husband here saw everything. <laughs> so that one made me crack up when I read that one. Okay, so our two marriage facts for the night. The first one is a marriage ceremony ends with a kiss because in ancient Rome, a kiss was a legal bond that sealed contracts and marriage was seen as a contract. So that's interesting that that is the origins of why marriages end with a kiss because back in ancient Rome, a kiss meant this is a legal contract we're entering into. That's even more interesting considering that marriage step number one is establishing a covenant foundation instead of a contract. Okay, the second marriage fact of the night. A study was done that showed the less quality sleep a partner received, the more likely they were to argue with their spouse. So think about your children. Uh, think about all of us, right? When we do not have enough, when we don't have enough rest, we get grouchy, we get cranky, and it would make sense that this applies to our partner. So if you have kids, think about how they behave when they haven't slept enough. We're the same way. When we don't sleep enough, we get grouchy. So this study would make sense. The less you sleep, the more crabby and more argumentative you're probably going to be with your partner. Okay, so for the marriage message of the night, I'm going to be going through six ways to stop making love to your phone. Okay, six ways to stop making love to your phone. So the reason this is important is because everyone is on tech. Tech is exciting, tech is entertaining, tech is stimulating, and research has supported this also. Whenever there's a new notification on a phone, there's a little drip of dopamine gets released in your brain. So that's why we're all glued to our phones and we, we can't wait to see you know, what, what that new notification is and do I, did I get a new like or a new comment or whatever it is, but we're glued to our phones. But unfortunately, this wrecks havoc on relationships because it can often feel like that phone is more important than me. Can you relate? Can anyone relate? Maybe you can give me a thumbs up if you're listening to this and you can relate to that. So I'm going to go through six ways to stop making love to your phone. The first thing to consider is how much time are you wasting on your phone? It's one thing to get on a phone or on an iPad because you have to check something or it's something constructive, but unfortunately, that can quickly 
lead into 30 minutes, into an hour or hours doing random surfing on the internet that's really not productive. So that's one thing to ask yourself is how much time do you waste on tech? Because that can increase your motivation to want to curb it. Because if your only motivation is because your partner is harping on you, then you may feel like you're just curbing your behavior because they're nagging you. But if you can find your own internal motivation to curb your tech use somewhat, then that may be one of them. How much time are you wasting on tech? Okay. The second is modeling for your kids. So if you have kids, what type of modeling are you providing for them with tech? Are you showing them balance? Are you showing them the importance of exercise, the importance of reading an actual book, uh, the importance of music? Are you showing them that? Or are you showing them that the only thing that matters is looking at your phone? What are you modeling for your kids? So sometimes that can also increase our motivation to want to curb what we're doing with our tech when we think about what kind of modeling and am I providing to my kids right now if I have kids? Third thing to consider is the other side of you. What's it like to be on the other side of you with your tech behavior? Do you demonstrate that you love your tech more than you love the person right next to you? A lot of us demonstrate that. And maybe we don't realize that, but that's why it's on here for you to consider it. What would it what kind of message are you demonstrating to those around you by how you're interacting with tech? What would it feel like to be on the other side of your tech behavior. Would you be demonstrating that you love those people around you or would they feel like they have to compete for your attention because you're always looking at your screen? So that's number three to consider. Number four is what kind of boundaries do you need as a couple for tech? We have to have boundaries for everything in our life to have balance and often we get out of balance. It's just common human nature. But if you were to prioritize your relationship and prioritize quality time with your partner where you're not battling for one another's attention because the phone is in one of your hands or both of your hands, what kind of boundaries could you create so you both feel prioritized and that you have each other's undivided attention? What would that look like? So one example for some couples is every night after a certain time when they go into the room, they power off all tech. So some couples I know do that from say nine to 10 every night. And that's their hour of undivided attention. They give each other to connect emotionally, physically, maybe they play some games. But what would that look like for you on a daily basis to have some boundaries with tech for your partner? Another thing to consider is a once a week tech boundary. Some couples I know have a tech Sabbath where once a week they'll go without tech for four hours or six hours so that they can just have fun together and reconnect without the interference of a phone in between them. Now that may sound crazy to some of you listening, actually going that long without tech, but think about when you were growing up, you didn't have tech. Maybe you had a pager at the most and we would go days without being reachable at times. But now if we go more than 15 minutes, everyone freaks out. So obviously there's benefit to being reachable. However, when it dominates and takes over and starts hurting your marriage because your partner feels like they never get your attention, now we have some problems. So consider a once a week rhythm to have no tech for an extended period of time. The fifth idea to consider here is share what you're looking at. Have you ever walked into a room and your partner's looking at their phone and they're quiet? and you have no idea what they're doing. 
what are they looking at? Are they responding to a text? Are they reading the news? Are they looking at their Instagram feed? What are they doing? And because you don't know what they're doing, it makes it feel even more detached, even more removed, even more offensive almost. So one tip is if you are looking at your device and your partner walks into the room, tell them what you're doing. Share with them what you're looking at. That will bring them into what you're doing so it doesn't feel so divided. And then have the courtesy to stop doing it to connect with your partner. The sixth thing to consider is in the morning, so many couples are in the bad habit of waking up, rolling over, and the first thing they do is, guess what? They check their phone instead of checking in with their partner. First thing you should do in the morning, if you and your partner wake up at the same time roughly, is roll over and greet your partner. Don't roll over and greet your phone, okay? It says a lot. If you're on the other side of that, it makes you feel like the phone again is winning and the phone is more important than you. So six ways to stop making love to your phone. Number one, consider how much time is wasted. Number two, consider what you're modeling for your kids. Number three, what would it feel like to be on the other side of your tech use? Number four, what kind of boundaries could benefit your relationship both daily and weekly? Number five, share with your partner what you're looking at online. And six, greet your partner first, not your phone in the morning. For more marriage resources, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. And if you enjoyed the program today, be sure to share it with your family and friends and leave a review. The Marriage Steps program is listener supported. So to help keep it on the air, please consider becoming a monthly rock star by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps. And remember, your marriage is alive. So daily, it needs water, sun, and fertilizer to thrive. Good night.